Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. Seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial. Opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's new report, old report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. College football begins heating up in week two. Major League Baseball postseason races also heating up as well. Division races up for grabs as we enter into the final month of the season. And of course, nothing circles the wagons quite like the National Football League. On the day that the Queen of England passes away at the age of 96, football comes back. In this great country of the United States, football fans everywhere rejoice in quite a matchup to set the scene. The Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams, a nice little rematch from the Super Bowl to get things started and quite the dominant fashion in that game, which we'll get to. But since we haven't spoken about it yet, and it's still early enough to talk about it because in a way, week one for a lot of college football teams is somewhat of a scrimmage a type of practice. Most teams aren't playing anybody good. They're just running the guys out there to get their sprints in, do a couple drills, throw a couple passes and go home and we'll see everybody else next week, which isn't a bad thing in some cases. And for those schools to get to play them, they get a nice hefty paycheck for having that matchup. So we still don't really know much about anyone in most cases for college football, but there were some exciting games Maybe some eye-raising games early on with some decently exciting matchups because thankfully there were teams that decided to play each other early in week one, something that a lot of coaches may not like, some fans may not like, because we're in an age now in college football where without a 12-team expanded playoff and it just being the four, a week one loss already has fans writing off some of these teams. We're looking at you, Utah, Oregon, some people even for Notre Dame for whatever reason. So it's difficult sometimes to play those tough opponents because if you suffer an early loss, for whatever reason, people want to write you off. We had Pittsburgh play an exciting game against West Virginia in the return of the backyard brawl to really kick things off on Thursday. That was a one touchdown win for Pittsburgh. We had Ohio State play Notre Dame 21 to 10, get a little excitement there with a two and a five. Georgia played Oregon and whooped their ass. The 11 seed Ducks go down 49 to three. Florida upset Utah 29-26. We saw Brian Kelly take the field with LSU for the first time and get upset by Florida State, although neither ranked, so you could view that upset as you will. But there were some storylines, of course, after week one, and there's still enough up in the air where we can talk about who we think will be left standing come the end of this college football season. And the early narrative really is, it seems like once again, this year it's Alabama or Georgia's national championship to lose. They'll meet in the SEC championship game, battle it out there, and then potentially find each other in the national championship afterward of that. Is that the sense that you've gotten in this early going that those two teams, Georgia playing at least a ranked opponent, Alabama crushing their non-ranked opponent as they often do, 55 nothing against Utah State, so I don't know how much you can garner from that, but based on who they're returning, you can get a little bit of an idea of what they might look like. We'll get a better idea this weekend against Texas. How are you feeling about this early part of the season, is that the early narrative where it's Alabama, it's Georgia, and then it's going to be everybody else again? First of all, Big Frost, great to be back with you as we all enjoyed Labor Day weekend and the first real week of college football. Get ready to start the NFL season 
kicked it off tonight. Everybody's fired up for their fantasy teams and gambling legal everywhere on the planet. It's nonstop. And as for last weekend, it was, to me, it's all about Georgia. It's all about the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, They now have become the second slash 1A program in my mind. They have displaced Clemson. Uh, Clemson was the club and the program with Dabo Sweeney that was right there with Alabama that competed with them toe-to-toe, beat them on the field for national championships, and competed in the Final Four regularly. And now it looks to me anyway that Kirby Smart has finally made the leap of faith. He's finally gotten over the hump. Uh, you know, the criticism of AWP that he could never win the big game, the criticism that I could never trust him in a big spot. Now Georgia looks like when they're playing defense, they got 15 guys on the field. They literally look like a jailbreak against everybody they play. They are at the next level. They obliterated Oregon. Now, remember, this was an Oregon team that's quarterbacked by Bo Nix, who has seen this defense his entire career, and he could do a couple early first downs, no long drives, and they just were absolutely throttled. A good Oregon program with their new coach, uh, beaten up, blown out, thoroughly dominated by a Georgia team now with a quarterback who has got his footing, who is firmly entrenched, who made the big leap. And despite all the criticism, after a couple of years ago, uh, excuse me, after last year what happened in the SEC title game when he played poorly, came back, uh, played great in the national title game, played great the other day. It's his team. And you know, to me now, it's we presume Alabama is going to be terrific. Uh, we don't know. It's Utah State. So it barely counts. But presuming they're going to be terrific again, to me, it's it's them and Georgia, as you stated. Ohio State played a, a strong defensive game against Notre Dame. They ran the ball a lot. Notre Dame played them tough. I was very surprised that game was at home. And, you know, Ohio State's high-powered offense, but granted, they lost a, a plethora of wide receivers to the NFL. Excuse me. But they did not go up and down the field as we're used to seeing them do. I'm sure that offense will get better. Their defense was solid. Their running game was solid. But they weren't the Ohio State we're used to seeing. Uh, This was the Georgia team that won the national title right back out there, even though they lost a ton of guys to the NFL draft, uh, a ton of them on defense. They are looking incredibly strong again. And... To me, they will be, they're the defending champs. They're the team, they got the quarterback back. They got a wonderful defensive scheme, incredible recruiting class. And to me, Georgia's the team to beat. They're the team that wears the crown. And as far as I'm concerned, Alabama's got to beat them because I don't think anybody else in the SEC is going to beat them. Really don't. Talk about how strong the SEC is. I don't think the SEC is that strong this year. LSU is not very good. Uh, we saw that against Florida State. Special teams gaffs left and right cost them the game. You know, Brian Kelly usually has a team. One of the things he takes pride in is great special teams. They were awful. Kicks blocked. The last one, the extra point, not the kicker's fault. Ball was blocked almost off, off his foot. Uh, they were terrible on specials. And uh, who else in the SEC is that strong? Ole Miss will score You know, with Lane Kiffin at the helm. Obviously, it's A&M. That's, that's the other team of note with a great recruiting class. And Jimbo Fisher, terrific coach. But does anybody know who the A&M quarterback is? It's not like he's a quarterback of national uh, caliber, uh, nationally known like the Alabama quarterback, like now the Georgia quarterback who's played in the big spotlight. And that really always seems to be the case for A&M. Who is their quarterback? Who are the A&M quarterbacks? They got a wonderful, wonderful recruiting class. Everybody loves their their talent. And they got a great coach. He's got national championship uh, you know, experience. Uh, but 
I, I never see them have the ability to throw the ball down the field in a big spot in big games. And let's face it, that's what the game has become at all levels now. If you can't throw the ball, as much as we like to think of you, know, run it, run it, run it, take over the line of scrimmage, control it. That's great, but if you can't throw it, you can't win it. You can't win at any level anymore. Simple as that. Alabama's shown they've made the transition. Ohio State's made the transition. Georgia now has made the transition. Nobody plays three yards of cu- and, uh, you know, a cloud of dust and wins national titles. It just doesn't happen. And until I see an AM quarterback that can go down the field with a football uh, and take his team 80 yards when they know you're going to throw in a big spot, I, I can never trust AM to win a national title until the same quarterback who's playing the caliber of these quarterbacks are playing. And that's why it's the most important position in the field, not just in the NFL, but now it's the most important position you know, in NCAA football as well. And it's not close. Teams with the best quarterbacks are the best teams. And you don't have to be an all-time thrower, but you have to be a really good quarterback slash, if not great thrower, excellent field general. And that's what they've got in Alabama. That's what they've got in Georgia. That's what they've got in Ohio State. Those are going to be three or four best teams. We'll see if USC finds a way in there with their young quarterback uh, off of their big win, uh, granted, against Rice. But that's the biggest question for me of this season is what does USC do with Lincoln Riley and his flyboy transfer from Oklahoma, sophomore quarterback? Do they take the Pac-12 by storm? Do they take the country by storm? Are they a candidate for the uh, for the Final Four? We shall see. But that's where I'm really keeping my eyes focused. They're in the Pac-12, which obviously is not that strong in my mind this year. We'll up in Oregon, uh, a very good Utah team. Played a good game, had a chance to win the game. Lost in Florida, an improved Florida team. Tough loss. I still think Utah will be very good. But to me, all eyes are on the Trojans. All eyes are on Traveler. All eyes for me are on USC. I want to see how good they can be that quick with Lincoln Riley and all the transfers. I thought the narrative was interesting before the season leading up to it when it comes to the final four for the college football playoff. Obviously, Georgia, Alabama, switch them one and two if you'd like, or easy this year. And Ohio State was getting the third nod almost in the same type of hat tip, which I don't hate, but I'm not nearly as confident as I would be for Alabama or Georgia in that situation. And not to say that they didn't play well in their first game, but there were some things that they couldn't prove on in that. And there are some things that they would tell you they should have did better. And I think in a way too, for whatever reason, Notre Dame really slid under the radar this season Play them well, as you said. It's a good game. I mean, it's hard to put it all on Ohio State for they should have played better. And it's, I think, easier to say Notre Dame's just a really good football team. Don't count them out as a fourth potential team to make the college football playoff and slide in. I think it's Alabama and Georgia being one and two is the narrative and the right one at this point. But I think what will potentially be the narrative for the other two slots will be a fun one and that it could really go to a large handful of teams. The darling for the fourth spot behind Ohio state. A lot of people back on the Clemson bandwagon. They're back, baby quarterback DJ. They'll have that defense. They'll figure everything out on the offense. Even though Dabo lost both his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator, he'll figure it out and they'll be fine. Well, they come out in their first game, and while the final score says one thing against Georgia Tech, what we saw on the field for most of it was pretty ugly. And DJ looks pretty much the same as he did last season. Well, he looks lighter. He is 30 pounds lighter. That was the main narrative coming in from Dabo. He's 30 pounds lighter. We're going to run him. Didn't look much better. But then they're running him now, and I wouldn't fear that if I'm a defense. They're designing these runs for him. He drops back in the pocket, and he takes off. And before you know it, he's either tripping over his own feet, he's tripping over the defense, or he's fumbling the football. And I understand it's the first game, 
but this isn't your first game in college football, man. We expected a little bit more improvement to start the season, and it wasn't there in the first game. And then they bring in Cade Klubnik, who was battling for the starting position with him during fall camp, and he leads them down the field with ease. Now, granted, you're playing against the second and third string on the defense at that point because the game's out of hand, but he looked great. And he hit the over for anybody that's interested in that. Hero scoring at the end of the game, letting him throw. Get it in the end zone, Dabo. So now Dabo's in a position where he's still defending his quarterback. The wide receiver coaches, the OC are defending their quarterback. He's the guy. He's our guy. We want him back there. Well, you're going to potentially run into a situation that Oklahoma had to deal with, with their quarterbacks, both no longer with the team, and Spencer Rattler getting booed off the field. Get him out of there. Put in the other guy. Okay, that's not great in like the second game of the season. I don't know what Clemson's going to do at the quarterback position, but I have a similar feeling to how things ended up going when Kelly Bryant started as the quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, this young freshman, sat on the sideline hoping to get in the game. And after four games, they made the switch and the rest was history. Clemson never looks back. Trevor Lawrence becomes the guy. They win the national championship. And that's that. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year with Clemson and Cade Klubnik, but you get that similar sense of eventually it seems like this curtain's going to drop on Clemson. And if they have DJ Uyunglele at quarterback, from what we've seen, they're not going to win a national championship. That defense he's is not, only going to be able to do so much. He's not even as good as Kelly Bryant. When it comes to the quarterbacks in the ACC this year, Al, he's not cracking the top five right now. That's not great. You know, it was Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. They were a little bit higher up than what's going on now in that quarterback competition. You can understand it. And now, obviously, they get to show out at UFC and South Carolina, respectively, and prove the doubters wrong from their Oklahoma days. So you can't trust Clemson. Utah lost already. So people, for whatever reason, are already writing them off. I wouldn't jump that far yet. Which I'm not, because they can bat out. Sure. If, if, they, if, they, if they win the rest of their games, which will be a, a strong schedule, and your only loss is in the opener at Florida in the swamp, they're in the mix. Now. And you played a good game. Are, are, are they going to win the rest of their games? That's a different story. Right. But you, you can recover from that loss if you bat out. I don't see them batting out, but it remains to be seen. They, they, if, if they do, they'll be right in the mix, absolutely. I just think we're going to be in for some excitement. I don't think we need to write off this season of it's just going to be Alabama and it's just going to be Georgia and that's going to be that. Well, one of them might knock the other one out and then who's left? Do they have a chance against either of those teams? Right now, probably not. But for the three and four slots, I don't think there's nearly as much confidence even just after one week. And think about this. We're struggling to get four, and there's going to be 12. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. No. Now, this is a no, decision for people that maybe no, have been I living can't. under a rock. That There's going to be 12. The Alliance because... voted this down. I forget how many months ago it was, at least a year or so ago. This was the proposal. Let's go to 12. And they said, no, nay. Hold on. We don't want to do that yet. And then the same offer seemingly gets dropped on the desk again. And the powers that be said, you know what? This is it. 2026, Look, we, we, we'll make we, it happen. It was coming. We knew expansion was coming. I was hoping it was going to be six, maybe eight. Right? With, uh, you know, the top two getting buys, three plays six, four plays five. Uh, eight, okay. But they go to 12, and obviously it's going to be four buys, and then five against 12, and so on down the line. And I was hoping... When I heard that, that it would be, since they're going to have more games, the reintegration of more of the bowl games into the playoff system. But now I'm hearing first-round home games. I don't like that. I want the bowl games. I want the bowl games to mean something. 
I want to see the Gator Bowl. I want to see the Florida Citrus. I want to see the Fiesta. I want to see the uh, Holiday Bowl. I want to see the bowls that used to mean something just below the big four or five mean something again. And this would be the way to do this would be a way to do it. But they're gonna do supposedly home field, which I am not for at all. I don't need to see any of these teams playing at home. I much prefer it to be bowl games. So uh, you know, I, I lose out on that front. And we see a bunch of teams that we think have no chance of beating any of those top two, three, or maybe four teams because we always struggle to come up with six. We always wind up with, you know, team six through nine, you know, what this, ever that, could be, and maybe we want to bump four for five and pop in this team. You know, this team deserves it, even though they're going to play a tough enough schedule, you know, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, whatever the case may be. And you ever put them on the field with one of the big boys, they get smoked. So the fact that we're going to have 12 teams eventually, it's too many. But it's all about money. We know that. It's all about more games. It's all about TV dollars, literally billions of dollars now uh, being collected off these games and off this tournament. And it's not like the NCAA basketball tournament. You know, the 40th team can't beat the top team on any given day. No, they can't. They can't beat them now. They can't beat them ever. They can't beat them never. 15s can knock off twos. We finally had the 16 knock off Virginia. That's not going to happen in college football. You know, the 35th best team's not knocking off Alabama. The 52nd best team's not beating Georgia. Period. End of story. So it is what everybody has been clamoring for, at least for the most part. Expansion, more games, because people are getting sick of the same four or three of the same four and it being boring in the semis. So let's get some more. We'll have more boring games, but we'll have some competitive ones because, you know, we start with five versus 12 and so on down the line. So we get some more evenly matched teams in the tournament playing against each other until they get their ass kicked by the big boys in the second or third round. I understand the argument of this will have more fans wanting to get involved in the college football playoff. Obviously, when you add eight more teams, you'll have eight more fan bases that matter. If you're putting home field into that equation, they're going to want to go to the games and support their teams and show out for them. If they win, that's going to continue. But if you're still having to face one of the four best teams, especially if you get to the second round, how long is your interest going to stay with what's happening? It's nice to have it in the beginning, but then what's going to happen in the end? It's similar to the NCAA tournament where we love the Cinderella story, but we don't want to see it in the end. You don't want to see the Cinderella team make it all the way to the final four because you know they're going to get blown out. It always happens that way. It's nice for the first couple rounds, the upset of the two. We're getting to the Sweet 16. What an underdog story. All right, let's start getting the better teams going here now. That's enough because we know if you go too far, it's just going to get uglier and uglier. There's no way around it. I mean, as great as St. Peter's was last year, eventually the slipper falls back off. Carriage turns into a pumpkin, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think, I don't want to say never, but very rare you'd think we'd see an underdog story actually work like that in today's NCAA tournament where 13 or 14 does that, makes the final four, and then wins the whole thing. I mean, I think the closest one of late was when it almost went in against Duke and that underdog story happened with Butler for a couple seasons in the NCAA tournament. That was exciting for a lot of people, but that's not going to be the norm. And if you look at last year, the 2021 season, if they did the rankings of the 12, then 
You had Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Baylor getting the buys. The rest of the field, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Utah, and Pittsburgh, the conference champions. So you would have ended up with Pittsburgh and Georgia, who would have played Baylor. Utah and Notre Dame would have played Cincy. Michigan State and Ohio State would have played Michigan. And Oklahoma State, Ole Miss would have unfortunately had to play Alabama. And we would have went on from there. But in that, you still end up thinking Georgia, even as a five, is going to be Pittsburgh. Then they're going to be Baylor. Alabama's going to be fine. And you're probably going to end up with the same national championship. Time will tell. I also think the interesting thing about this in college football, and this happens whenever a new proposal happens, it immediately gets talked about in sports media like it's happening tomorrow. You would have swore this 12-team expansion happened already, and we're ready to go this season. It's not happening for another four years. We're going to work on our 12 teams. We're going to say they're going to 12 teams. Oh, oh, that's right. doesn't happen for four more years. Oh, well, might happen. Might happen in 2024. Well, this is last time I checked. 2022. So I don't have to worry about 12 teams this year. And I'm not going to worry about 12 teams this year. And I couldn't come up with 12 teams this year. Not right now, no. Absolutely not. You know, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten. You'd swear it happened already. Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. You'd swear it happened already. No. (laughs) There's still... Several more seasons where they're going to be in said conferences before all these moves happen. So as we sometimes have to say, just pump the brakes. We'll get there in time, but try to focus a little bit on what's happening now. You talked about Clemson earlier and Dabo Sweeney. What something that did happen is Dabo's got a new deal. 10 years, $115 million. Dabo Sweeney makes more money than any NFL coach. Yep. The only person making more money than him, Nick Saban. Also not an NFL coach. (laughs) It's it's not wrong. We have exciting games, at least for week two, to maybe get a little bit of a better feel for some of the teams. We definitely will when Alabama plays Texas. That's at Texas Memorial Stadium. They're a 20-point favorite in that one. Arkansas is playing South Carolina. That's about a touchdown favorite of a game. Sam Hartman's back for Wake Forest. Very so happy to see incredibly. that. Yes, very, very nice. happy to see that. Sam Hartman is a great story. Kids, if you don't know about him, do your homework. Read up on Sam and read up on uh, the friendship he had uh, with uh, a player who had a very unfortunate circumstance and took his own life. And you'll find out why Sam wears the number he wears. Uh, great kid, medical issue. Ready to go this weekend or not? What's the latest on that? Is he playing this weekend yet or don't we know? He was cleared to play since they're playing Vanderbilt. I would guess he probably won't play. Not to say that Vanderbilt is a pushover because they're 2-0 in the SEC. Yep. Yep, the Commodores are, are you know, off to a very good start. And, um, you know, Sam Hartman put up massive numbers last year. They lost their bowl game to North Carolina, which was similar to the North Carolina Appalachian State game, uh, 147 to 145. I think they were playing three on three. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Just absolutely nothing remotely resembling defense. Uh, but he can throw it. They can score. And very happy to see him healthy and A-OK and checked out after the procedure and, and ready to rock. Because he's, uh, he's a, a great kid, a great story. And uh, I would love to see him have a terrific year. He was my, my, my mid-season sleeper last year for, for the Heisman. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, he, he went on to have a great season. But, of course, the Alabama and the Ohio State quarterbacks blew him out of the water. Buffalo Bills, Los Angeles Rams, the National Football League kicks off its season in exciting fashion with the teams on paper, but the end result 
a little no skewed contest. as the Buffalo no Bills win 31 to 10 over the Los Angeles Rams who scored just 10 points in the second quarter. Josh Allen, masterful looking four touchdowns in the opener. The Bills, the early darling to win the Super Bowl, Al. A lot of people putting their faith in the Buffalo Bills that this is the year. They're the pick. They're the favorite. They're the Vegas favorite as well. They showed a pretty good game for the opener. Now they had a lot of silly turnovers, but that's expected in the first game. Are you buying the Bills as this year's Super Bowl favorite? I texted Nick Wright this morning. Uh, before his show, of course, before his now afternoon show, because first things first has been moved to three o'clock. Yeah, is he sleeping in Fox. now? Is he what? What is he sleeping in now till eight? He doesn't have to wake uh, up at four in the morning or whatever. I'm it was. sure he's prepping away because he texted me right back uh, that my preseason pick was uh, first. I texted him about his boy Luca having 47 uh, across the, you know, in the uh, European Championships. And that my you, you always, did you see the highlights on the carton show? Because I've already texted him how hideous I think the carton show is, and the fact that they move first things first to the afternoon. And if you must watch uh, sports talk television in the morning, you're stuck with uh, the carton show and that criminal back on the airwaves from 7 to 9.30, which is just a travesty. It's hideous. After I had to watch it to see if it was as bad as I thought it was, and it's worse. As Craig Carton stands there with Jeff Schwartz and somebody else and doesn't even say who they are when he starts the show. He gives you their first names because Craig's ego is so inflated and so massively large, he can't even tell you he's on the set with him. And he stands up and he just pontificates for the entire show. You know, t- today he gave us the, the, the genius NFL pearls of wisdom that, you know, you can't just, the Bills can't just march through the AFC. You know, we have to give it some real thought here. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC, so you can't just say there, this was a half hour into the show's conclusion. The Bills aren't just a slam dunk for the Super Bowl. Thanks, Greg. There's some other good teams in the AFC. That took a lot. No wonder you're making the big money and, and you know, paying back the government and the people you stole it from at Fox, because you come up with that pearl of wisdom that there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. Did that take a lot of studying to come up with that? Who gave you that breakdown? But, uh, I, you know, I, I texted Nick. My response uh, was, that, no, uh, I, I, I'm boycotting Fox, uh, with the exception of first things first and uh, anything with, with the magnificent Joy Taylor on it. But that my Super Bowl selection was the Bills and the Packers, and he said, everybody loves the Bills, not me. And now he has just tweeted that horrible job by the Rams, looked totally unprepared, and that, uh, you know, I underestimated the Bills, you know, uh, again. Uh, and I said to him, uh, you know, of course you don't like the Bills because you don't like the quarterback. The same way you didn't like Andrew Wiggins. So uh, I do like the Bills, however. Uh, they're my AFC pick, not in a slam dunk, but they're my AFC pick to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not making a Super Bowl prediction for the winner yet, but I am going to predict. I'm predicting them to go. And tonight they were terrific. And the, the biggest problems I saw for the Rams were something that we saw last year: is their offensive line is spotty, and they had a great deal of difficulty protecting uh, their quarterback. Tonight, they could not run the ball, which they really didn't do much of in the playoffs. Uh, Stafford threw three interceptions, uh, but that really wasn't the difference. The difference was their inability to run the football and the pressure on Stafford, uh, which came from their Super Bowl winning former teammate who was in the middle of everything. Your former guy who has now been on two teams and won Super Bowls with both of those teams. As you know, after the Super Bowl, he said he couldn't wait to go back and run it back. And lo and behold, uh, Von Miller finds himself in Buffalo sacking his ex-teammate a couple different times tonight. And it played a big, big role in the game early on. And they had a great deal of trouble protecting Stafford. And their offensive line is spotty. I don't like their receivers other than the great Cooper Cup. 
Never been a huge Allen Robinson fan. Beckham is, is unsigned, of course. Uh, they said they want him back, but he may not be back, if at all, until later in the year. We have an EACL. They lost Jefferson, who was an important receiver for them. I don't like their running game. So as much as I like Stafford and as much as I like the great Aaron Donald, uh, they brought in Bobby Wagner. You know, I think that he got burned again tonight badly on a, a, a deep pass where Diggs just ran right by him. I think Jalen Ramsey's the most overrated player in the National Football League. I think they're going to be in the postseason, but I don't think they're going to be defending their Super Bowl championship by going back. That's for sure. But they've got some real problems on the offensive line, and it should not. This is a really good Bills team. It's a really good Bills defense. Von Miller is a huge addition, but they got pressure from the inside. They got pressure from the outside. And not a lot of guys to throw to other than you know who. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup, who's fabulous, but you know, one man gang, if you can't protect the quarterback, is a problem. And that's a lot of what I saw tonight. And again, inability to run the football. So uh, not a good showing for the Rams. Really good start. Josh Allen was terrific, he was efficient. He threw a couple interceptions. One was not his fault. Uh, the other was a nice play by the defender cutting in front. The first one was a drop right in the his receiver's hands that popped up in the air and was picked off. And they actually had four turnovers, the Bills. Two fumbles lost, two interceptions lost, and they still beat the defending champs 31 to 10. When's the last time we saw that happen? We had four turnovers and still won a game by 21 points. So I, I think that just, uh, you know, really cements their superiority in, in terms of the, the matchup tonight. They were clearly the better team. And I think the Rams will rebound, but I think it's going to be a tough season for the Rams. I think they're going to have to battle their way to get into the postseason. We know they're in a tough division you know, with the Niners and, you know, Arizona. And, you know, we, we don't think much of Seattle anymore, but you have – Three teams uh, that are playoff teams, two with terrific quarterbacks, and one with a quarterback who's a kid and remains to be seen how good he's going to be. But San Francisco's got a terrific roster. So that division will be tough and competitive. I think they'll make the postseason, but they clearly were the inferior team tonight. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Matthew Stafford's arm, if any, anytime you hear, oh, it's similar to a baseball injury. So he got this type of treatment and that type of treatment, but he didn't need Tommy John. But it's a long season, man. One extra game. If the offensive line can't protect him and he's bashing that against the ground six, seven times, 10, 15 times a game, it's going to take a toll. It'll take a toll on anybody, even if they have a 100% arm getting hit like that. So I don't know if we get to a point where he injures his back or the arm goes limp and he's got to miss a couple games. Then what happens? You know, the Super Bowl hangover, of course, as everybody talks Hopefully about. Hopefully not instances. the case. Hopefully not the case. Surely, the coach yeah. has an extension. Right. The general manager has an extension. I think they'll be smart enough to figure it out because I don't think the division is as good as a lot of people think it is. So I'm not sold on Arizona and Murray. Uh, I see some bumps in the road there. I don't think Seattle's going to be very good. And I have my I have my concerns, not that I care about them, because I don't. And I happen to think the coach is incredibly overrated. I think they made a very poor choice, very poor decision in doing what they did to draft this quarterback. Um, I don't think they had to give up three first-round picks to get him. You know, theirs and two more to move up. I thought that was a huge mistake. I still think it's a huge mistake. I thought they could have gotten him later for less if they wanted him that badly. But this is the guy that they fell in love with. You wouldn't know it, though. A guy playing at North Dakota State. You wouldn't know and it. Now, and, and, and now they have so much confidence in what they've seen. They decided after an entire offseason of Jimmy Garoppolo, the much maligned Jimmy Garoppolo, the hurt Jimmy Garoppolo, the surgically repaired Jimmy Garoppolo. The, 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 we're not, we, we can't afford to pay him Jimmy Garoppolo. we got to trade him Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, we can't get enough form Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, let's resign him. Let's keep him. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is back. He's can't back. have him practice in the offseason, though. We're not doing he's that. Back. But now he's back. He's back. Oh, my Just goodness. Just in case. All right. Uh, you know, Stu Lance 
is not what they think he's going to be. And if you don't know who Stu Lance is, you know, I call him Stu Lance. Uh, uh, look him up. Uh, but if, if Trey Lance is not what they think he is supposed to be, and I don't think he will ever be what they thought he was going to be or what they drafted him to be, you got Jimmy Garoppolo as your safety net. We'll see. I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. We haven't seen enough. We didn't see Trey Lance play big-time college football. So how good can we possibly know he can be? Apparently, he wasn't very, very good in in camp. Uh, they wanted to redesign his throwing motion. That's, to me, that's never a good thing. When a guy you traded three first-round draft picks to get, we have to redesign his motion. But he's incredibly athletic, got a lot of gifts, physical gifts. We'll see if they translate to playing on Sundays against the big boys. We've just seen glimpses of him in, in the preseason, a little bit last year. Is he ready to lead a team? We'll see. I'm not going to sit and tell you I know. I'm just going to tell you I don't think so. I don't think so. Could be dead wrong. Just one man's opinion. But I've never thought from what I've seen, not that much of this kid, that he was anything remotely resembling worth what they spent to get him. I'll give a quick rundown of whom I think will come out of these divisions here starting with the AFC East, and let me jump aboard the bandwagon with the Buffalo Bills to at least win that division. I don't think they'll struggle too much with that. Agreed. It pains me to say because, as we know, you don't go against him, but I think I'm going to lean the Dolphins as the second-best team in that division to maybe make it in as a wild card over the New England Patriots, and I'm solely going by all off-season long at practice Patriots beat writers basically just looking back and forth at each other. Like, what are we watching <laughs> on both sides? Offense and defense. The, I agree. the words I out the of practice were just, Oh goodness. <laughs> this is I not think a the Dolphins team. will be the only team in that division that competes yeah. for a playoff spot. Even though I don't think that they will make it. I'll go bangles over your Ravens slightly. I think Lamar Jackson's foaming at the mouth to shut people up. Again, where have we heard that take, narrator before? I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Aaron Judge approach, the Aaron Judge strategy. Aaron Judge playing for a contract, having the year of his life. Yeah. Uh Lamar Jackson, I don't think that contract's gonna get signed. Playing for a contract, uh, or to, to prove to them that he's worth the big money next year. I'm not going to say he's going to be the MVP again, but if he stays healthy, I think he will have a huge year. So I'm going to go uh, Ravens over the Bengals there. Uh, Bengals for a wild card. Nobody else in that division makes the playoffs. I like it. To keep a baseball analogy going, the AFC South, similar to the AL Central, just like a flyover division. Nobody's concerned about it. Colts. Are we sure? Uh I Colts. guess, like, they're the, I guess. Well, even though I'm never a huge Matt Ryan fan, always thought he was overrated, I think this is a perfect fit. Because one thing about Matt Ryan, unlike his predecessor, who can't take care of the football and plays at times as dumb as a box of rocks, I think where Matt Ryan has to do less is perfect. And he doesn't have to do much here. He just doesn't have to turn the football over, make some big throws, find a good offensive line with the best running back in football. I think that's enough to win that division. I'm not going to say going away, but you know, I, I, I think 10 and 7, 11, 11 and 6, I think surely wins that division. I think they can go 11 and 6 because I see the downfall of the Titans coming. Yeah. Coming. I, I, I think the run is over. I think the window is closed with the quarterback. I think he lost enough faith last year uh, that they're a one-man gang. They got the great running back. They got the big boy. I don't think that's going to play again this year. I think he gets worn out. I think he gets banged up. I think he gets overused. And I don't think they are much more than a 9-18. We'll see. Yeah, it's tough. You could argue either side of it. If you want to have a lot of fun, hey, 
Trevor Lawrence without Urban Meyer as a head coach, maybe he'll win the division for everybody. Let's go back to the Central for a second. Uh, just out of curiosity, where do you have the Browns? Knowing that they don't have their quarterback for 11 games and have got Brissett as their quarterback for the first 11 games. I can't see them finding success with Jacoby Brissett. And I think they'll be way too far down to have Deshaun Watson when he has his, I don't even know what you want to call his return, but it's not a knight in shining arbor. It's whatever the reverse of that is. When he comes back, I think they're going to be so far out of it. It's not even going to make a difference. It might get to the point where they just might not even play him because it's so bad. I can't see them. I think it's going to be them and the Steelers just battling it out for who's going to be the worst in that division. I'm, I'm rooting hard against the Browns just for signing them. Yeah. To all that guaranteed money, I'm rooting hard against the Browns because, and you know, also, I think the Haslam's are work. Of course. To the West, we go. Your division. What do you got? It's been a long time since I could at least make the case to root for the Broncos to win the division. So I'm going to do that just because it's been so long. And I didn't say it's been that long, 2015, but it feels Dripping. forever. <laughs> Dripping with, obje- let's with go. objectivity as always. Let's go. Broncos country, let's ride. I'm uh, not I, counting out the Chiefs, man. I don't know why they're getting forgotten about. I know Tyreek Hill's gone. I know it's a different shakeup of wide receivers, and Patrick Mahomes has apologized to fantasy football owners and that he's going to be spreading the ball all over the field. Who knows who's going to be the top guy from week to week? But he's going to be the one throwing it. He can make a mountain out of a molehill with whoever's out there if they got some sort of ability to catch the football. I'm not ready to to throw the Chiefs under the bus yet. I, I would still lean them to win the division despite the Broncos having Russell Wilson and despite the Chargers having optimism because the Chargers have had optimism before for two decades or so, it seems, and have done nothing with it when push comes to shove. So I'll just go chalk. And take the Chiefs, and I'll take the Broncos next. Who goes to the playoffs from that division besides the Chiefs? I think the Broncos make the postseason. I think the Raiders are the ones that are left out of it all, if you have to make a choice for that division. Clearly the toughest division in the sport. Clearly all four teams – Come into this season thinking playoffs. Uh, two of them in last year. Chargers out last game of the year with a loss to the Raiders. Painful. Denver energized by their new quarterback. Uh, but no disrespect intended. I'm going to say Denver is going to be on the outside looking in. It's going to be tough. I am going to pick the Chiefs to win the division and two of the three wild cards to come from that division. And my other wild card will be Cincinnati. To the NFC, we go. To even, I, you know, I guess we have to talk about the East. I mean, the Eagles are pretty good. All right. Are any of them good again? This is also becoming another flyover division, unfortunately, the NFC East. They either beat each other up too much or they're all just so bad that they don't matter anyway. Uh, Look, if, if Dak Prescott doesn't win this division going away enough already with even the discussion, if he's healthy, all right, and he doesn't win this division going away, I don't care how many yards he throws for, if he doesn't lead this team to a division title by a couple games, not have it come down to the last game of the season, I don't want anything about him being a top 10 quarterback. I agree. Jerry should drag him off the field if that happens. Finally. Instead of once in a while, throwing a dig or two in his post-game press conference because we have to hear from the owner. Do the, the Eagles compete for a wild card? I think they can. I think I'm going to ask just for conversation. Say, do the Commanders command any respect? <laughs> there's there's some rumblings that they might be able to. I I haven't hard enough time remembering the nickname of the team. And I have an even harder enough time remembering, like, who's on this team that's going to do anything? And then I remember Carson Wentz is the quarterback, 
And that kind of just ends the discussion for me once that's the reminder. Speaking of discussions, do we have to waste a word on the Giants? No. Well said. To the South. What's happening? To the South. To the South. And uh, does anybody have a quarterback besides Tampa? Jameis's LASIK surgery doesn't sway you that this is the year for the Saints now that he could see? New home for Baker? Baker's going to be fun in some games. He's pissed off. I hope he has a little bit of the swag. We see the flashes that we saw when he was with Oklahoma. You know, throwing the flag into the ground, grabbing his nuts. I'd love to see Carolina go 10-7. and seven. Have a little fun, yeah. Christian McCaffrey finally stays healthy for a whole season. Exactly. That rule Can figures they, is it that out. Pos- is that possible? That's, that's, is that I possible? Draft him in a fantasy league. I was the second pick. What are you going to do? He's the best guy, and it just felt wrong because, all right, what week is he going to go down for six weeks with a hamstring or whatever else it is? And like the Giants, Atlanta does not deserve any discussion. No. To the north. It's going to be interesting because I'm not sure what Tom Brady we're going to get for the first time. This offseason's been helter-skelter on and off the field. He could obviously flip the switch and make us shut up in the blink of an eye. But hearing all the reports about how he wanted to maybe go and play for the Raiders and John Gruden said, no, we don't want him or Gronk. Forget it. Well, whoops. That would have been nice for Las Vegas. To maybe Quite have frankly, I don't know who or what to believe when I see these stories, hear these rumors, etc. Yeah. You proved last year he can still play. Absolutely. We'll see if it goes on, if he can still play this year. I doubt he's fallen off the cliff. Can't not, not pick them yet. Of course, you know? well, considering the competition in the division, you got to pick them. You have to. Up north, go Pack Go. Can, can, can we just move? Can we just say Aaron Rodgers and go to the West? Yes. It's been nice to be able to do that for 15 years. I mean, I, I do like the Vikings personnel. Yeah. I do like their weapons. They should be a wild card contender. They have a top half of the league quarterback. They have terrific receivers, a wonderful running back. They have good skill people. The defense has got to be better. It's got to be better. It has been unable to stop anybody in a big spot. But Chicago stinks, although I would love to see the quarterback make progress. And, you know, it's the Lions. But I hear people I, – I hear people – Raving about the Lions. I actually people raving about the Lions offensive line. Yeah. Hard knocks, Hal. You know, we do this every year. The hard knocks boost. The show I never, the show I never watched. Yeah. Dan Campbell's great. It was a great team to pick. The coaching staff that they have, a lot of former players, just very enjoyable watch. Now, is it going to have any effect of good results? Probably not. But it to was the a good watch. we go. To the West we go, where we talked earlier about the Rams, the defending champs. Rams, Niners, Cardinals, Seattle. Seattle has a victor in the quarterback battle that nobody knows about, or nobody remembers, and nobody cares about. Do we think Pete Carroll can weave any magic? I don't know if they're going to win four games. Do you want to tell the rest of the listening audience who their starting quarterback is? Geno Smith beat out my former quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Drew Locke. That was the quarterback competition. That was your quarterback battle. In the National Geno Football Smith, Geno Smith and the Loch Ness Monster. Not the XFL, the CFL, the AFL. The Allegiance, the Alliance. This was for the National Football League. Seattle Seahawks. Great. Seattle Seahawks. Legion of Doom. Indeed. Legion of Doom. It could pick Uh, somebody from the 12th man from the stands and have him compete with those two at some point this season. Cardinals and Murray. Off-season squabbles. New contract. Is everything copacetic? Is everything okay in Arizona? I think they'll be okay. I can't trust them. I can't trust Cliff Kingsbury. I 
didn't like all that noise that happened with the contract problems in the offseason and the whispers from all sides. DeAndre Hopkins being out because of PEDs for six games is going to probably put them in a hole. I think you, despite playing the Bills 31 to 10, it's hard not to just simply have faith in the Rams. It might be ugly, but I think they could have an ugly win of the division. So we agree on all the division winners. Your wild cards in the NFC are? Uh, and to me, it's much harder than it is in the AFC because in the AFC, I'm picking from strength. In the NFC, I'm picking from just the opposite. Who is the best of a bad lot, okay, from the non-division winners that I think is going to be good enough to make the postseason? And I've got to – there's three of them. So why not the Eagles? Yeah, honestly. I agree with that. My love affair with Jalen Hurts just rolls on. My man crush with Jalen Hurts. He's not that good, but he's a leader of men. He is. And I love him. All right. So I'm taking the Eagles and Jalen Hurts to be a wild card. Uh, I, I would love to say Carolina. I would love to say Baker Mayfield. As you said, the crotch grabbing, flag stabbing. Uh, young man of swag, but I can't go there. So I am going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Vikings and by process of elimination, I guess I have no choice but to take the 49ers. Although I'm rooting hard for it to be Carolina. This is tough. I will go with the Vikings as well, and I'm going to throw a bone at the Saints, despite okay everything. Okay. Sean Payton, have a good time Jameis. out of town. Jameis, Jameis. And let's go famous Jameis. How much okay. fun would that be getting him into a wild card spot? Wild Post-game quotes would just be glorious. Well, any quotes, first of all, first of all are, are He's glorious. already had one the other day. It was something about... We're all symmetrical, man. You got your wrists. You got your ankles. You got your arms. You got your knees. You got your... What? <laughs> Doing like the, the, the leg bones connected to the knee bone song. What's happening? National champ. I love it. Heisman, Heisman Award winner. <laughs> Who wants to eat a W tonight? I do, Jameis. AFC is a lot more difficult as you'd guess. Your preseason Super Bowl prediction is, you know, I've given you mine already. Packers and the Bills. Where are you going? This is tough, too, because we know the Packers just don't win the Super Bowl. Well, the, I didn't say they're going to win it. Right. I said they're going to so, get it. We know they don't, so, we know they don't get there. Right. They can get there. Not even. But I think, I think the lack of competition this year makes it more feasible than ever, even though they've lost a lot. Yeah. You know, they lost his top guy, but I still think they're strong defensively. Uh, I, I think they're strong at the running back, back position. Uh, he'll spread the ball around. I think because of the lack of competition, they're good enough to get there. We screamed this from the mountaintop when Green Bay had a chance to make the Super Bowl. The red carpet was rolled out for them most of the season into the postseason. All they had to do was beat Tom Brady. They got the turnovers. They had the chances, and they couldn't do it, and we couldn't scream loud enough about it for weeks about how fraudulent they were as a football team for not being able to get that win. I have to say, based on all that, it's hard not to be even more confident this year. It's not even a red carpet. It's purple for Kings. If you don't make the Super Bowl this year with the dogs that are in the NFC, I can't help you, Aaron Rodgers. Th that has to be it. If this isn't it, it has to be it. We have to be done. Go get another tattoo on your chest and smoke the ganja and get all holy and meditate and go on Joe Rogan's podcast and get out of our league. Enough if this isn't it. It's time for you to prove once and for all. God.
you're the best of a bad lot. Congratulations. <laughs> the AFC, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to just keep it simple. Let's play. Keep it simple. Go with the guy that just wins AFC championships. You do that again, you're in. Now, who's going to win the game? Can't tell you. <laughs> Can't tell you. I guess we're getting on. I'm getting on the Nick Wright bandwagon. Picking the Chiefs. Although, it feels like we could end up with a lot of chaos come postseason, right? Based on what we're saying, not trusting really that many teams. That's when you start having chaos. And sometimes that's fun to watch. I mean, you might end up with somebody winning the Super Bowl where at the end of the season, you're like, really? <laughs> you know, the, the outlier once in a while where it used to be like Manning, Manning, Brady, Roethlisberger, et cetera, et cetera. And then Joe Flacco got one. What? Maybe we're in for that type of season where the team wins and you're going, how did that happen? Well, remember Cincinnati got there yeah. and that's what we said last year. How did that happen? So it's the memory bank doesn't have to be jogged to, you know, from too long ago. Uh, but, you know, to me, the bills are the class of the AFC, but they are just a touch ahead of the competitors. Right. Uh, but it's what tough. I saw tonight got them off to a really good start uh, because they showed me a pass rush. Uh, obviously, they've got a terrific quarterback, MVP caliber. So they're in good shape and out of the box quickly, and that's a nice interconference win. And that's a team that I think football fans would happily get behind. Well, they, they have already the last couple seasons when Josh Allen's really turned it on. Hard not to like the city of Buffalo how passionate they are, how kind they are to their losing foes. They beat a team in the postseason. What's your favorite charity? And before you know it, millions raise of dollars money. are pouring raise, in. Raise, raise money for it. Raise money. I for mean, it. they're doing all the right things. They're crazy Gotta fucks. Mouth. Gotta love Bill's mouth. They're wild. The but going that's what you tables. love. That's what you football. love about sports. That's what you love about football. the National Football League. Nobody circles the wagons quite like it. Chris Berman Nobody. would go wild if they make the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm sure he'll have a special edition. He, they might throw him through a table. He'd be happy to I'm do sure. it. He, he, he might go through him. He might, he might go up there and go through the table. <laughs> we should have some excitement this season, but I think we're also going to have a decent amount of duds. A lot of frustrating losses. Survivor pools just getting thrown out the window early on in the season. There's going to be a well, lot of chaos. Be in, hopefully it won't be in week one because I would hazard to guess, even though I don't have the bad fortune of being in one this year, that the most common play in this week's week one of the survivor pool would be the Ravens. Oh, not a bad one. I have heard several different iterations. Stanford Steve is going out on a little limb for his on the SVP show. He likes the it's, commanders over the Jaguars in week one at home. Did Stanford Steve go to Stanford? Did you know that? Did he go to Stanford? Did is he, play, just, he did play football. Uh, they say he played football, but did he play at Stanford? He played at Stanford. Yeah. Okay. I think in a survivor pool, that's your first pick. Well, you, you, you always try wow. and pick a team that, you know, you're not going to pick again. You want to pick a team. Sure. Because is, 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 you have to use them at some point. Right. Right. Because they're all use them, use them and lose them. Yep. So you don't want to go home that early, though, with a Jaguars upset. Could you imagine what heartbreak? Sometimes I think it's not a bad idea to just, despite how good the team is, yeah. Just get fan. a win under your belt, survive exactly. in advance for the first one. Take take the team that's gonna flummox somebody that you know they're gonna flummox them and get out of the get out of the box. And while everybody's trying to be cute, take your win and like it says, survive in advance. Just win baby for the first week. There's a couple ones that kind of stick out. As you mentioned, the Ravens against the Jets is obviously one without Zach Wilson being quarterback for 
New Jersey slash New York. Some people were looking at the Bengals against the Steelers, not having a decent quarterback to start the season either, that they can just get that home win out of the way. But no matter who plays quarterback in that game for either team, it always ends up being close. And, of course, there's the Broncos at Seattle on Monday night. You assume that's going to be a cakewalk, right? Geno Smith against Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett wants the 12th man to cheer when Russ comes out because of what he did for them for that dynasty for those 10 years. Okay. I don't know. I don't have a great feeling about it. You never have a great feeling at all when you're doing a survivor pool, but try to survive in advance this week the best you can. That's our advice from the new report, old report. And as always, though, fade accordingly. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Look forward to it, Johnny. Great to be back with you folks from our partner, the great John Tiny Lot. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. from White Plains. Until next Thursday night, enjoy your week one of the NFL and have a great sports weekend, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.